0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to another week of drama. This is Connor popping in to say thank you for downloading this episode with Mandy Gonzalez. While you're here, I encourage you to subscribe on whatever platform that you're listening on because it really helps us. Gosh, when we started this podcast, we never could have dreamed that someone like Mandy would say yes, but you are in for an absolute treat listening. And if you love this episode, we have over a hundred, I don't even know how many, which is probably bad, but anyway, we have hundreds, let's say hundreds of extra episodes you can listen to, both on our main feed and in our Patreon. So Patreon is a bonus platform where we share extra episodes with you every single week, where it's Dylan and I chat, chat, chatting away about all things theater, pop culture, love, and life. It's $5 a month, so you get those extra episodes in addition to the ones we release every Wednesday. And also, you get added to our close friends on Instagram where we are just spilling tea being funny giving you the real and raw takes that podcasters truly love to promise you that this podcast is not like other podcasts because we are real and raw and honest and let me tell you the close friends is that so head over to patreon.com backslash the drama podcast subscribe for five dollars to support your favorite twins and enjoy this episode with mandy and i encourage you to go and listen to our entire back catalog with other broadway stars and um People in the entertainment industry that you can gain so much from. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening, for finding us, and for continuing to support drama. We couldn't do this without you. All right, time for the show. Press play, curtain of an hour in. It's time to taste in the shade and tea to spill. Oh, drama. drama. Oh, that's a tweet. Did they book? Who got nominated? the option Oh, I'm not well. What, what star will we talk, we talk to today? today? Oh, that's a gag, honey. Say no more. Drama. 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 Welcome to Drama, a podcast that covers theater, pop culture, love, and life. I'm Connor McDowell. And I am Dylan McDowell. Connor, if you, you can see the, the Zoom filter might be, you know, editing away my tears, but I Spent this Friday morning. I got up early. Okay. A first for, for little you. Workout. Groundbreaking. <laughs> We're starting off the month. Well, Hunter and I went to the gym and before this podcast recording, I had a little free time and I watched better Nate than ever. The new movie available on Disney plus. And, you know, it's like middle grade. I would say it's like, it's like, you know, aimed for young, younger people, but. Okay. So perfect for a- me. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Connor. I sobbed. You did. Sobbed. Wait, is it is it like an emotional? Is it like a coda like, where it kind of tugs the heartstrings? Yeah, I would say it tugs with the heartstrings. It just it reminds you like to to never forget to be in love with what what you're passionate about, like Broadway, and oh. never to get jaded. And it's about this sweet kid, and oh my, the 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 Broadway cameos are left and right, including our guest today, which. Imagine the shock on my face when <laughs> they appeared and I was like, oh, we're going to be chatting in a few hours. That was, it was truly shocking. That is me. a we have The Norbert Leo Butz and Michelle Federer play a couple in it. And it's so cute to see them. What and, more could you want? Oh, and Joshua Bassett's oh, you know, in it. That's what I know. Cause I follow him on Instagram. Who is just amazing. Is I, yeah. know, just a star, it's but so Tim dope. Fetterly, you know, he, he wrote the book, he directed the movie. It's never cheesy. It's so sweet. And fun and there's some musical moments and lisa kudrow is in it. it it's amazing which reminded me i need to rewatch the comeback i need to show hunter the comeback oh my god dylan wait i just heard something on an on a, you know a rival podcast you know but we still oh, have any there. other podcast <laughs> that exists <laughs> <laughs> i'm just kidding but i heard that michael patrick king who created the comeback with lisa kudrow in insp- was inspired by kim cattrall when he wrote Valerie Cherish. The there are bits of his experience really? working with Kim on Sex in the City that are in Valerie Cherish. Isn't that a gag? That's so interesting. I don't see that. I. I But that's... Maybe I'll... In my rewatch, maybe I'll catch up some... Maybe. I mean, do we really know books? Kim Cattrall? Do we really? No, but that's what I... I love the mystery. <laughs> right. I know. I love it, too. Listen. Today is a big one. For drama. I've been waiting for this moment since... I mean, the year was, was it 2007, 2008? Perhaps. I got the In the Heights cast recording from the library. Where one goes. Where one goes. And I burned, burned it onto my MP3 player. So this feels like it could have happened 20 years ago, but for some reason it was only like 10, (laughs) but I (laughs) Your math is so wrong, but yeah. (laughs) So wrong. It's so wrong. Well, it's in my mind, it's still 2019 kind of, but- I became obsessed with this guest, and I'm absolutely gags that we're talking to her today. So much so that you wouldn't let me listen to her Act Two ballad because you felt that it had spoilers in it. You didn't let me listen to Act Two of In the Heights <sighs> until we. You're right. That's right. Until we, we saw it You were on... like, I don't want it to be ruined for you. And of I was course like... in my head. I'm like, oh well, someone dies. Like that's immediately. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up! Oh my god. Well, let me bring her in because we're going to talk all about In the Heights. We're going to talk all about Better Late Than Never. We're going to. We're gonna we're gonna mention nate, it all. yes now, yes what did i always call it better late I said late better mm-hmm. late better late than never and better nate than ever but yes all the things. our guest today is a superstar You know her powerhouse vocals and stage prowess from originating the role of Nina Rosario in In the Heights on Broadway, having created it off-Broadway at 37 Arts as part of the Drama Desk award-winning Best Ensemble. She made her Broadway debut in Jim Steinman's Dance of the Vampire, starring opposite Michael Crawford, appeared in the beloved short-lived Lennon, and in Aida as Princess Amneris. Our guest is part of the Green Girl's sisterhood having defied gravity as Elphaba in Wicked on Broadway. Her time with the Gershman earned her a Broadway.com award for best replacement, which is not easy to get. Not everybody has that. So listen, she received an Obie Award and overwhelming critical praise for her performance in the off-Broadway production of Eli's Coming. On screen, you'll know her from Madam Secretary, Quantico, Across the Universe, After, Man on a Ledge, better Nate than ever, and more. Currently, she can be seen satisfying audiences as Angelica Schuyler and Hamilton on Broadway. Her written work has been featured in the Harvard Business Review, and she just released the second book in the middle grade series, Fearless, Boulevard of Dreams. Her album, Fearless, is also available. She's an activist, a fighter, and is truly fearless. Please welcome to drama, Mandy, Mandy Gonzalez. Gonzalez.
1: Hi! Hi, bros! Hi, guys! Hello!
0: It's so nice to Hello. see you. Hello! Thank you. It's good to be seen. Oh.
1: Um, Yeah, I'm so happy to be here with you.
0: Well, the pleasure's ours.
1: Thank you for that intro. It was so sweet.
0: Oh, all, all, true. all true. Except maybe, I think I might have gotten something wrong. I don't know if you made your debut in Dance of the Vampires. I think your debut was Aida.
1: It was. But I was in... Um, A standby.
0: That's right. Okay. So that was
1: like my Broadway debut, not, but I was a standby, but then I went back to Aida and uh, took over the role. Oh. So, yeah. So I started, um, and that's where I met my very best friend, uh, Daryl Grand Moultrie, but also my, I, I think my closest friends, some of my closest friends in the business and the world, whatever, was in the swing room because when, I don't know if it's different now but when you're a swing they put you all together. It doesn't matter you know what part you're doing Mm -hmm. or whatever so standbys and swings were all in the same room and I shared a dressing room mirror with Daryl Grand Moultrie and whenever somebody would say something shady or something like that we'd always give each other like a look Mm. (laughs) and we became instant best friends and he's been my best friend for the past 20 years. Oh my goodness that's so special. And now he's like a famous choreographer and I've, I've written a book where the character is inspired by him and you know so he's been a huge part of my life, and but so I started in that swing room, and then eventually after Dance the Vampires, I got my own room.
0: There you uh, go. Oh, and, uh, there you go. Yeah, Amazing. My own
1: room over at the palace. So and uh,
0: was Aida. Aida was at the palace at the time, right? It
1: was. It was. And um it's so weird to walk by the palace theater right now, and they're yeah. like lifting it and all these things. I'm kind of like, I wonder what what's happening because. The coolest thing about, I mean, the Palace Theater, there's so much history there. But one of the coolest things is, like, I'm a huge Judy Garland fan. Mm-hmm. When I started singing as a kid with my grandma, um, it was Judy Garland's uh, Live at Carnegie Hall that I used to sing to. And uh, when I got into the show, being in the swing room, you have a lot of time to kind of walk around the theater and see what's what. They said that Judy Garland actually built a staircase, uh, in the, like behind the audience so that she could check out and it had a door. Um, so she could go up on the staircase and check out, uh, what the opening act and what the audience was like before she went on. So I hope that they keep that. Yeah. Even though they're like restructuring it, like it's just. Broadway magic know. you know what I mean oh, right yeah. there it's Such gonna face magic. The,
0: the it's gonna face like 46th or whatever now instead of facing. yeah it's gonna different. be very
1: interesting mm-hmm. so I'm like you know it's weird to walk by and to go oh wow you're still closed come on I know
0: I wonder what the first show to reopen it will be it'll be exciting
1: oh it'll be so exciting mm-hmm. maybe it'll be who knows I know something fantastic but I'm
0: just realizing so the palace was so special for for judy obviously but then didn't liza do yeah. her last broadway gig at the palace she did yeah she
1: did. yeah she did and i didn't get to see her i'm a huge also liza minnelli fan of course the oscars that moment with gaga was just everything. everything um but but when some people are like what was your first concert you know when you know people my age would say like oh my first concert was like going to see 311 or going to see like some rock band i was like oh, my first concert I was going to see Liza Minnelli. Like, cause it's true. Like I went with my grandma and my grandma took me to the Greek theater and we saw Liza Minnelli because she had a movie coming out. Oh. I forgot what it was, but she played like this tap teacher. Anyway, I thought the movie was brilliant and my grandma <laughs> got tickets to go see her. And then we waited outside of uh, the stage door in the rain and Liza Minnelli signed my program. And it was just like-
0: Wow, so you met her.
1: Well, sort of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have our signature.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's so special. It sounds like your grandma was really influential and a yes, really amazing lover absolutely. of the arts.
1: Yeah. Big part of my life.
0: Oh, I also do want to mention about yeah. Aida though. Was, was it not, mm-hmm. um, Will Chase also in that production with you?
1: Yes. Will Chase and Tony Braxton.
0: That is crazy. Get out Isn't of here. Isn't it crazy? Yeah. That is so crazy. And Tony
1: Braxton. I mean, she couldn't have been lovelier. Like I was such a huge fan of hers, like growing up, you know, a blackout happened during my time when i took over and i was in aida and they canceled the show and that was the first time that had ever happened in a mm-hmm. show that i'd been in and then everybody walked i walked over the queensborough bridge i think to get home but tony braxton was staying gosh i can't remember maybe i can't say where she was staying but she was staying at this place where she was on like the 30th floor or something like that and she said she had to climb up the stairs during the blackout because there was no elevator oh but she was God. just awesome like that like yeah. you know Tony Raxon does that. Like it's, it was cool. Oh, that's so cool.
0: I would have loved to have seen the three of you. We had Will on the podcast back in December, and oh, what a firecracker! The nicest. Oh gosh, guy. I
1: miss him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I miss yeah, him.
0: Yeah, he he was really great. Well, that is so cool. We obviously love Aida, and I love Aida. Yeah, Connor especially loves Aida. If, <laughs> I
1: hear it's coming back.
0: I hear that too. Oh my god! So wait, It'll when very when exciting. you when you were in it originally.
1: Mm-hmm. That was
0: your that was your Broadway debut. Your first experience on Broadway. And yeah. you you were you standing by for Adina? Yes. Okay. Did you get to come on? I stood
1: by. I think she didn't go out for the first 3 or 4 months I was wow. in the show. And if you've ever been a standby or a swing, you know that that's just anticipation, <laughs> just waiting. And I remember the first time she was out and I got the call. Because in those days, we didn't, I mean, we had cell phones, but it wasn't like it is now. Like you had, we had a dressing room phone and all those kind of things. <laughs> I got the call that Adina was going to be out. And I was just like, it was this out of body experience. And my friend Darrell remembers. And uh, he said that when he saw me um, getting ready in the M. Neris dressing room, he said that I just looked so focused. And then, you know, M. Neris goes into that uh, thing like the museum
0: and mm-hmm, she's yeah. standing
1: in that you know, museum thing. Yeah. And I was waiting in there and Darrell said that I was so focused. He like looked inside and he's like, Mandy, are you okay? And I said, Darrell, I got this. And it was just like, and I don't think anybody thought that Adina was ever going to be out because I never had a put in rehearsal. I never did the show in shoes. I never (laughs) got to go over the pool, like any of those things. So everything was so just exciting and new and terrifying. But you know, I was like a baby. I was 23. And so I was like, whatever. If I fall, who cares? Do you
0: remember much about that performance or was it sort of a blur? It
1: was a blur. I just remember the feeling of like, I wanted to do this again, you know, yeah. and that's when you know.
0: Well, you have to sing Strongest Suit over and over oh, again. Oh, and I mean, the clothes
1: and Amneris is just, mm-hmm. it was such a fun role. And yeah, all of it, you know, the the quick changes in Strongest Suit. And I remember Adina's dresser, who's now her dresser for years, Joby, she was, uh, the Amneris dresser. That's how they met. And, um, and I remember her going, just follow me, just follow me through mm-hmm. all the changes. And so she was like, right, left, you know, like it was just so uh-huh. exciting, <laughs> you know, but oh, I just knew so that fun. something special had happened because, um, everybody was talking after it, like company management and stage management and people were talking about my performance. So I felt really just excited. Oh my God. Was
0: Darrell on for that performance?
1: Yes. Darrell was on all the time because swings you have to do about, For that show, I think he did about five tracks. Oh. So swings are, you're pretty much guaranteed you're going to be on during the week. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I love that you two were able to share that as well.
1: Oh, totally. Mm -hmm. Totally. And my friend, Nikki Renee Daniels, Mm -hmm. uh, now Creedy, who just did Bobby in uh, Company this week. uh, She was also, she wasn't in the swing room. She played Nahepka, but we became really good friends at that time too. So uh, she was also on.
0: What a special experience so many amazing people who are still working to this day, you know? I
1: know. Isn't it cool? And we're all doing different things. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, Nikki's still working as an, uh, you know, she's an actress, but Darrell has turned into this like well-renowned choreographer. And so it's just really cool to see people continue to make art and uh, follow their, their dreams.
0: Mm -hmm. Wow. You know, I was just thinking, as you were talking, Aida almost feels like the precursor to Wicked in a lot of ways, just in the in the way that it's yeah. this story about dynamic female friendship. Like yes, Aida is definitely more focused on a love story, but to have these two yeah no
1: you're so right
0: amazing female roles as the stars. I mean. I mean, right. pick one. They're both incredible, you know, like giving such an opportunity you know, it's true. to either actress. It's so then the music is beautiful in Aida.
1: Oh yeah. It's it's so ready for a revival. Mm-hmm. And I'm so excited because my friend Shelly Williams, who's the director of the revival, mm-hmm. was in Aida with me and uh when I was in it. And so to see her also transition into that that role and to see to like imagine what she's gonna bring to the show is just I'm excited for the audience. From oh, myself. Definitely, yeah
0: definitely <laughs> oh how cool well we've we've already jumped in and talked about some of your stuff, but I am curious just how you're doing. We love to ask all of our guests, are you well?
1: Yes, I'm well, thank you. I'm doing really good, you know, I think that it has definitely been a whirlwind type type time from two thousand the end of two thousand and nineteen to now, but I'll just go in for like just the start of relaunching Broadway mm-hmm. and Being back on Broadway after the pandemic, I was telling my friend about this, that in August when we started rehearsals for Hamilton, it really felt like the theater district, things were so quiet and there were so many restaurants that had closed, but we're going to reopen, you know, once we reopened and, you know, it was this scary time. We were wearing masks all the time. Up until that point, I hadn't sung with anybody else, regardless if it was instrumentation or you know, another vocalist, I'd been singing in front of my computer, entertaining people. So to be in a a theater with with a company was was thrilling and also really scary. And I'll never forget that first uh, rehearsal when the musical director said, you know, when you guys are ready, eventually you have to take off your mask and sing. And because sometimes when you have your mask on and you're singing, I don't know if you guys have felt this with talking or singing. Or I, I don't know, but it can really irritate your jaw. Mm-hmm. And so he said that we want you not to have those kind of, um, those kind of problems. So you're going to have to take your mask off. And one by one, we all started taking our mask down. And then, you know, from taking our mask down for the first time to, to reopening and that excitement of people coming and then feeling and see the restaurants being open again and other shows being open. And then all of a sudden it's like, Omicron! And then they <laughs> we closed mm. um for two weeks. and right. you know, almost everybody in our company, you know, had COVID and uh, got better, thank God. But then all of a sudden, uh, people were afraid to come to the theater again. And so it was like rebuilding. And now it's back to what it was back in September, which is just total excitement. People just feeling like they've waited years to see this show and they can't wait to be there. And so it's a really... It's a really great time. It's, again, it's just an interesting time, I think, that we're in. My daughter is now 10 years old, oh, and, wow. you know, she has been back at school this past year, and it's been wonderful. And, is
0: that fourth grade?
1: Uh She's in fourth grade.
0: Fourth grade, yeah. Yeah,
1: fourth grader. And so, you know, it's been a really, really good time, but I'm just – uh excited to see what's next because i know um at this point in my life who knows right (laughs) you know what life brings but i'm ready for i'm ready for all of it i think yeah it's just a really exciting time
0: well congrats to you because you've stayed busy yeah you you, as you mentioned you were singing you know over the last couple years whether it was virtually and then of course you returned to broadway but
1: well it's like so hilarious because my daughter when she was doing virtual school i guess you know you could hear her downstairs (laughs) doing her classes and they went around and they asked everybody like what their parents did for a living. And uh, my daughter said that my mom does cameos. Oh. Like, that's what I do for a living. It was like, oh my god! And I told my husband, I was like, oh my god! Like that's what I do. Like, <laughs> and not that there's anything wrong with it because it definitely helped oh, yeah. me during that time. But honestly, like I don't know about you guys, but I would do anything. During that time to make a living. Oh, yeah. And, um, but now, you know, when people ask, she's like, oh, my mom's on Broadway. Yeah. I'm like, I do do other things. I do do other <laughs> things.
0: Well, and I'm, I'm wondering too, okay, so she's in fourth grade. Hamilton's on Disney+. Plus. I mean, not that you're in that yes. one, but I imagine a lot of these kids have watched it. So maybe they understand like Hamilton.
1: Oh, yeah, totally. I think that it's a part of the culture. Now, you know, Hamilton. And I think, you know, when I did, you know, I'm in Better Nate Than Ever uh, on Disney Plus, which I'm so excited about. And I had such a great time filming it uh, last year. But when I met Aria and Ruby, who are the stars of the movie, Mm -hmm. we were going to take a picture together. And I said, why don't we do a work pose? And they're like, can we do like the dance? And I was like, (laughs) yeah. And so I posted it on my Instagram (laughs) Today, cause I, you know, I wanted to give it time to the movie to come out, but it was like, cause that's what you do when you're a theater kid. But even if you're not a theater kid, it's like all these kids have seen Hamilton now and mm-hmm. they either come to the theater now dressed like the characters or they tell us at the stage door about when they saw it with their family. And that was a really hard time. And mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but it was something that my family definitely look forward to. Oh, yes. And you could hear the neighbors next door watching the movie too. You know, some people put the screen outside. And so I think that it has become a part of the culture, mm-hmm. um, but I think in a very positive way. So
0: definitely, you know, yeah. It's so cool too, that it, it hasn't affected any of the productions. You know what I mean? Like Broadway is still, the Broadway production is booming. And I think a lot, there's this yeah. fear of like if a professionally done version of the movie comes out. Oh, you can watch it at home. Why would you bother going to the theater? But this has the opposite effect. I mean, people now need to see it live.
1: Totally. Well, I think people, when they come to the theater, they say, oh, that was so much better. As such mm. much a better experience, I think. Not that it's better than what happened on the screen because that's what it was in itself. Right. But I think there's nothing like the feeling of live theater, and I think that's what they're experiencing for the first time. And whether it's Hamilton that brings them to the stage or watching a film like Better Nate Than Ever, it's just exciting. It's like where their story's beginning, you mm. know, Ooh. their story in the arts or their theater story, you know? Well,
0: what a, what a fantastic segue into a question we ask all of our guests. And I do want to ask a few more Hamilton questions in a bit, but we, sure, yeah. we <laughs> talked to all of our guests about the moment that they realized they loved the arts, whether it meant wanting to become a performer or just enjoying it as something that they knew they wanted to be a part of their lives. And we call it the Ring of Keys moment inspired by the moment of discovery and fun home. Mandy, do you feel like you have a Ring of Keys moment as it pertains to the arts?
1: Yes. And I talk about this in um, the acknowledgements of my book, um, because my sister is six years older than me. I'm the youngest of three. And she took piano Lessons, You know, there were three of us and my parents had just enough time and money for all of us to do one thing, you know, and um, my sister took piano, but she did not like to play in front of people like she had stage fright. And so for her recitals, my grandma, who I will continue to mention many times, Marie, she said, um, well, why don't we have Mandy stand in the front of your song and you can Mandy can sing and you can just play, you know. And so I thank her because the fact that she had that and she didn't care that I stood in the front. She was like, great, that sounds good. But my grandma got me like a sequence top hat and like a sequence dress. Oh. And I like sang the song and I was – people applauded and I'm like, this is awesome. More I love please. this.
0: More please. Yeah, more <laughs>
1: please. And so it was really my grandmother – I mean, I don't come from a showbiz family. I don't come from – you know, like I said, my parents, they both worked full time. So I, my grandma babysat me and uh, my brother. And so she loved musicals. She loved big torch singers. So she would play Judy Garland and Edie Gourmet and Tammy Terrell, like all these incredible singers for me, and I would imitate them. And so my grandma would try to find any outlet for me to sing because she said I had talent, you know, and that's as a young person, that's such an incredible thing to hear, mm. you know, and she had this dinner theater down the street from her house called the Showboat Dinner Theater, where you could, I don't know if you've ever been to a dinner theater, oh, yeah. but you could get all you can eat. And they had all you can eat pickles. <laughs> and so my brother and I love pickles. And so we would eat them and then you could see a show. And so my grandma was like, how do I get her into this show? You know. And um, and so she went up to one of the people in the show and she said, my, my granddaughter likes to sing. What, do, what, what should we do? And so that's really how I started, you know. I got cast in *Fiddler on the Roof* yes. at the Dinner oh, Theater. My grandma, I, actually, my grandma ended up having a part um, during the Frumicera part. She was like one of the ghosts. Oh, how and she, I could see her go. A cameo role,
0: yeah, and
1: <laughs> a cameo role. But that's really how it started, and I wanted to just continue to do it all the time. I wanted to perform all the time and, and sing. And the pickles didn't hurt. The pickles either. didn't <laughs> hurt. Just a little salt. But it was really that time that time with her and the times mm-hmm. uh, that she drove me to all my singing lessons in the car and um, singing with her. That really just made me feel so, I think, loved. And yeah. uh, like, oh, this is where I belong. And then when I met other kids that also felt that way, it was like, What is this?
0: Yeah. (laughs) I can do this, you know? Was was this mom's mom or dad's mom? Yeah, this is
1: mom's mom. So I grew up in two cultures. So my mom is Jewish and my father is Mexican. They met as pen pals uh, during the Vietnam War. And they grew up in completely different areas of California, but completely different worlds that they were exposed to. My father was a farm worker. His family traveled from Mexico all around the, the country picking You know, uh, and they settled in California, in Northern California. And so when they met his pen pals and my father came back um, from Vietnam, he showed up on my mom's doorstep and he was like, I'm here. And she was like, what? You know, and her parents (laughs) were like, what? But because they (laughs) loved each other, I never knew anything other than love, you know, from both sets of grandparents. So I have an abuelita and I have a bubby. Yeah, so when I do talk about both, it's it's interesting because I they were both such a big part of my life but in a different way. Like my abuelita was always working. So she mm. continued to work in the fields and and then she worked with alongside my my grandfather. She had a very different life. So she never I don't think she ever came to any of my performances. She never saw a show wow. but she was always very proud. Uh, When we would go and see her and and those kind of things. But my grandma, my my Bubby was always there.
0: Oh, that's so special. That's beautiful. Did your Bubby get to see you on Broadway at all?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Everybody knew her. (laughs) Yeah, everybody knew her. The only show that she did not see was Hamilton. And that's because she was in her 90s and at that, but she wanted to come. Um, but she would, um, everybody knew her at Heights, at Wicked, because she would come to the show and then she just didn't want to leave. So she would come into, um, the matinee and then she would sit there until the evening show and then she would watch the evening show. Like she just, she was there to see the, she was there to see me in the show and that's what she wanted to do. And so everybody knew her, the ushers, other cast members, because they would all have to go to her to say hi. Yeah. And she loved that. She loved it. I'm picturing her
0: her showing you these torch singers when you're a little girl and then her getting to see you the big broadway beltress that you are oh and it it feels like (laughs) this amazing life moment i don't know if i'd call it full circle but it it almost brings Mm. a tear to my eye it's just so beautiful that she could see you through to a certain point in your life you know
1: Yeah. I think that, you know, for all of us, music was a big factor in our happiness as a family and just our journey. You know, my grandmother was the youngest of seven kids born to my great grandparents were very poor and she grew up on um, a top floor apartment in St. Louis. And it was always that thing of music. Music was always a part of her family growing up. And when they eventually moved to Los Angeles, she would tell me stories about how she would go to the store to buy sheet music. And from that sheet, you know, cause that's what you bought in those days, you bought the sheet music and then you learn the song and, you know, but she, that's what she would do. Like that was her free time was learning music. And so I think getting to share that with me was definitely a full circle for her. And I'm glad uh. that I got to be a part of it. Cause it wouldn't have been the same without her. <laughs>
0: Of course. Thank you for sharing all of that. And you know, we've gotten to know a little bit about your parents over the years because your album has the song "Fearless" on it Mm -hmm. that chronicles that truly storybook movie love story that you just shared a little bit about. That is just so cool. But you've been able to, you know, you've been able to share your your writing and your talents with us in many different ways because you also have these books. The, The first one came out a few years ago, and now. The second one is out at the time of this release. It'll be out as, Ooh, as well. These books? Oh my! Yeah. God. Oh, very fancy. <laughs> wow. Oh, that's a hard hard cover right there. Yes. Well, this <laughs> one is the
1: early reader copy. My covers. Okay. I mean, my my books. My author uh, books have not come yet, but they are on their okay. way this week, hopefully, because the book drops uh, next Wednesday. So yes. Uh, but yeah, it's it's so exciting.
0: What inspired this? This is so cool.
1: Well, you know, my mom is a huge reader. She loved books and so she shared that with us growing up and a big place for us to go was the library. You know, we didn't have a lot of money and my mom, it was the only place my mom would say, go in and get whatever you want. You know, we have to give it back, but you know, whatever you want. And at that time it was like, you had your library card and you could pick whatever you want. And it was like these treasures that I would open and it would, it changes your life as a kid. You know, my mom took us to all the library functions and things like that. And so reading was a big, big part of my life as well as storytelling. And I remember reading a lot of the books that I loved and listening to the cast albums that I loved and looking for characters and um, and names that were like mine. And I have to be honest and tell you, I didn't see a lot of those names. And so I thought that it was very important for me to create stories so that kids could see themselves. In the arts, um, mm. to know that a life in the arts is possible because I know what seeing a name like Priscilla Lopez did for me on a cast album or Cheetah Rivera, you know, they meant a lot to me and they opened so many doors for me. And so now it's my, I guess it's my honor and my job to, to keep that door open for the next generation. And so I think that writing these books with these characters that represent so many people in my life has just been such a great joy
0: that's miraculous it's a series yeah
1: it's a series you guys so crazy (laughs) is
0: is it the same protagonist in the sequel or does it focus on because i know it's about a theater group or like a group of friends right yes Mm -hmm. so
1: it is the fearless squad and uh, the first book follows monica garcia a young seventh grader who travels from california to new york to be on broadway with her and along the way there's a ghost story and as there always is in a broadway house and uh, she meets her fearless squad and one of the people that she meets in the Fearless Squad is Rally Morton. And so the second book follows Rally Morton, who is inspired by my dear friend, Darrell Moultrie, yes. who grew up in Harlem. So they all are in the theater. They're all in this hit Broadway show, but they all grew up in different places and have different dreams. And so it was very important for me to tell all of their stories. And so he grew up in Harlem um, with a single mom and a brother, and he has a grandfather who is um, making him doubt himself by saying it's always important for you to have a backup plan? Mm-hmm. But Relly wants to dance, and that's his plan. And why do you have to have a backup plan? I'm already working. Like what? Why, what do you mean? But I don't know about you, but that's something that you hear a lot. Oh yes. When yes. you're in the arts, and so by chance, one of their phones goes down a pothole in Schubert Alley. Is there a pothole in Schubert Alley? There is. There I is found a mess. It. Yeah. So. Um, <laughs> So they go down to retrieve the phone, and they find this door. And when they go up the stairs, they're in the 1950s. And Relly discovers... His grandfather in the 1950s was a tap dancer. And so you get to go into Harlem. You get to see that world and uh, what it was like to be a tap dancer at that time and to be a Black American and to see what that experience was like. And so but the squad still has to be back for half hours, So it's about them trying to (laughs) heal the grandfather, but also get back in time for the show. This sounds incredible.
0: I picture like a Gregory Hines type. Oh, Gregory Hines.
1: Hold on, let me show you. (laughs) Is like my was such a huge inspiration to me in my life. Here
0: he is. Oh, Oh <laughs> my goodness. Um, because the, the literal portrait in your oh, office yes, here, because right here.
1: When I was 15, I went to this performing arts school and he was one of the teachers and I got into his class. I kind of documented it on Instagram, but then I didn't finish the story. So oh. I'll finish it now. <laughs> here, here's, yeah, your, here's my here's moment. Your and a news, <laughs> a news program, like somehow filmed me and told my story without me knowing and they send it to my mom. So my mom had it and it shows me and they're like, yes, this one girl was too embarrassed to dance um, because in tap dance, they have this thing called a challenge circle where everybody says challenge. If you haven't seen tap, go see it because they talk about it. And you know, everybody has a chance to get into the circle and show their best moves. And so Gregory Hines said, okay, we got time for one more person. And for some reason I jumped in to the challenge circle and I didn't know what I was going to do. And so, um, Thank God everybody in the camp also knew that I couldn't dance that well. And they just started to shout, sing. And so I did. And I sang for him. And I can't tell you how much it meant to me because he just cheered for me. And then he gro- he like picked me up in a big hug. And then he called me the voice in front of everybody. Um, this was before The Voice, the right, TV show. Right, right, and The OG yeah, voice. Yeah, and uh, – <laughs> That encouragement changed my life. First of all, I became Mm. completely obsessed with him and tap dance, (laughs) but I, not that I tapped more. I just did as much research as I could, but I was like, this is where I want to be. I want to be on Broadway with people like this you know, and, yeah. um, it just shows you what a teacher can do, how they can change your life in an instant, you know?
0: Absolutely. So there's vibes of him maybe in this grandfather. Character yeah. Or, Grandpa okay.
1: Gregory. Oh, there's a reason. There we go.
0: Yes. <laughs> I, I'm obsessed with these books. I would have eaten them up when I was younger. Oh my God. And I, I'm picturing. You still can. I, still can. I, mean, I <laughs> yeah, mean, we yeah. know that better Nate than ever is like, honestly, Made for me, I think, and my,
1: my uh, <laughs> oh, absolutely, my interest, but and it's so beautiful. And I, it is. I cried, and my daughter, who's ten, uh, loved the film, Good. and uh, yeah. And I think you know what Tim has done for all of us is put a, a light on on us theater kids, mm-hmm. you know, because we're all we're all theater kids at heart, right? Oh yeah, all of us. And so I think that he's um, he's shown a light on this but also given us a place to tell our stories. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping that this opens up stories for fearless to come through and, and things like that. So, so that people can see that, yes, kids are out there that want to hear these kind of stories.
0: I can see a Disney plus series fearless. Squad. I, was, yes, me too. I was just going to say that Dylan, <laughs> we're manifesting this to be turned into a series. Oh my God.
1: Yeah. Me too. <laughs> Mandy.
0: I'm literally, I feel like we've talked about so many different things, but I'm so curious about two more things. Hamilton and In the Heights. I don't know where to begin because I am just chomping at the bit for both, but maybe I'll jump into Hamilton. And I just want to ask, because you've been in the show for several years now, what makes you still love being in Hamilton eight shows a week?
1: Oh gosh. Well, first off, it's a masterpiece. Mm -hmm. It really is. And, And when you start in the business, you want to do work like this, that means something to other people. And I remember... Okay, so I got a call from Lynn, Lynn Manuel and Tommy Kale because they said that Lynn was putting together a group of songs at Lincoln Center Songbook Series. And would I want to come and sing one of the songs and be a part of the ensemble? And I said, yeah. <laughs> so I went and uh, I sang, he had just written the song, Say No to This. Ah. And so I sang that song for the first time with Lynn and I was like listening to the songs. And at that time, I think he wanted to make an album. I'm not sure what he wanted to do at that time, what they were planning, but I knew that something incredible was happening. And then cut to, I saw the show at the public theater. I went with my husband and I just couldn't stop crying. It was so beautiful. And I... I was such a fan and I was so happy. It was all my friends on the Mm -hmm. stage and behind the scenes, you know, I was so proud of them and uh, what they had accomplished. And so I became just like this fan of the show. And I was doing a lot of touring at the time, just like on a plane all the time. And when the soundtrack, when the cast album, sorry, came out, Thank you. Don't say, we don't say Uh, soundtrack. I know, I know. I'm old school, sorry. We we
0: don't judge anyway. I know, but I have friends. Oh, we do too. So if they're
1: listening, (laughs) I want to correct myself. But when it came out, it was kind of like when Rent came out for me. You know, at that time I had to wait at Sam Goody to get the two um, CDs for Rent. Uh, I don't think it was cassette. I can't remember. I think it was two CDs. And, um, you know, it's the same with Miss Saigon. I
0: I have the two CDs for both too. Yeah.
1: I couldn't wait to get it. I went and I got it and I listened to it all the time. And I was just like, in some ways manifesting that one day I'll be a part of it. And then I got the call from Tommy Kale that was like, Renee was was leaving. She was ready. And would I like to come in? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and it has just been such an incredible journey like to be in this show at this time and in the world in America, I've seen so many things while being a part of this show and seen so many people that have come and gone and
0: an administration change or two, you know,
1: administration change or two, like those people coming to the theater. Right. It's just like, remember, yeah, so oh crazy. God. I
0: remember when we had Rory you O'Malley on know? and ba- like, Oh, in like Rory. the first year of doing the podcast. And he talked yeah. about when Mike Pence came to the show. Pence yeah. Came.
1: yeah. And it was crazy because we're just there, to but it is, you're witnessing history, but you're talking about history while being a part of mm-hmm. history. It was very interesting. I've just had such a wonderful time and being Angelica during this time with the, the young women that I've been able to work with has been just wonderful. They Being the big sister yeah. has um, just I, been so much I, fun. Was
0: Angelica them. the role that you knew? You were like, oh, I could see myself doing that one.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, When I saw Satisfied, I was like, Mm -hmm. I mean, Eliza's stuff is beautiful, all that kind of thing. But when I saw when I heard Satisfied, I was like, I want to sing this. And it's it is it's such a masterpiece, like the movement and the stage sets, the lighting, the direction, all of it works together to create this magical moment. And um, I was just blown away. And so I was like, I want to I want to do this.
0: It is so I mean, Angelica is the role. That's the one oh, you yeah, want, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. I <laughs> I want to play Angelica. I'm not even a performer. So listen, oh, yeah. I'm so jealous you get to do it all the time. Oh my God.
1: Yeah. The Queen Bee. It's like, you Definitely. know, it's just, it's fun. And, but you know, there's a lot of heartache in that, that role. And, uh, mm-hmm. but a lot of growth and sisterhood and all those things. It's, it's so wonderful when young people come to see the show and they tell me like what Angelica means to them. And, you know because uh it's wonderful to see uh strong women on the stage
0: mm-hmm. absolutely you know? you know i was reminded recently of hamilton we talked briefly about bridgerton beforehand but the second season sort of has this how dare you this you know this uh this <laughs> this angelica eliza
1: i totally agree yeah i was like oh on. my god they have been watching they've definitely been watching hamilton because it is it's about the sisters yes. Spoiler. I know, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> uh, I think anybody that watches the preview knows. Oh yes. I mean, I don't know about you, but I watched the whole thing, uh, oh, yeah. the whole second season, like immediately. It was 20, less then, than twenty four hours um, for me. So. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. And then I went back and I watched the first season. Okay, and so now, now
0: answer me this because a lot of people were saying I think I preferred season one. I think I preferred season one. Where do you stand on the season one versus season Ooh. two? Season one. Yeah. For sure. For sure. It yeah. was just so much steamier yeah. in my eyes.
1: It was. Oh, yeah. But, you know, they're all so beautiful. Know. You know what I mean? Like season two, too. Everybody's so great. And, you know, Whistle Down and yes. all these things. <laughs> I love that. And I love um, the woman that plays the queen and yes, um, the aunt.
0: Uh-huh. And
1: so I, there's just such incredible cameos and, in that show. But, yeah, season one. Yeah. Season all right. One. All right. I think that's <laughs> where I'm at, too but I'll continue to watch. Oh yeah. You do a season three, I will watch it. Well, I think
0: there's going to be like sevens. It was like renewed for like a historic six or seven. Oh seasons good.
1: Or yeah. good. So, you know, we got time.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, but Mandy, before we say goodbye, I do have to talk briefly about in the Heights, which is one of my favorite musicals yeah. of all time. And obviously you're a huge part yeah. of that. And speaking of strong, you know, women that represented on stage, Nina, what a journey that character goes on. And I, I yeah. think the song breathe might be the best. I want song slash character introduction song to ever exist in musical theater. I mean, I don't know if anyone else has any better ideas, but you meet the <laughs> character, you learn about her past, what's going on in her present, who she is, what means a lot to her and where she's going in the show. I mean, come on.
1: It's... it's Yeah. Well, he's... Uh, Lynn is a, a brilliant storyteller. Mm. And there were so many different versions of Breathe, you know, that I sang that were sung before I was a part of it um, because I... I think, you know, we were all around the same age at that time. And I think that it was a very personal song uh, for him mm-hmm. and a very personal story. Nina was a very personal story for both Kiara and for Lynn. And and so I think it, somehow it was the hardest one to write, you know, and it, it came, Mandy, we have a new version today. Will you sing it? And I said, yeah. And I'm just so glad that that just shows his artistry that he kept going back and until it was what it is now. Mm-hmm. It took a little bit from all of um, all of the songs that he wrote and made this incredible uh, song that I got to sing and and be known for. Definitely. So I'm very I'm constantly in awe of Lin. I think you know he's also like a brother, so yeah. it's kind of <laughs> like yeah, he never ceases to amaze. And you know even with Encanto, I know right that whole score and uh, the song that he was nominated for the Oscars is. When I heard that song, um, it was the same. When I heard Moana, um, what's the song in Moana? How far oh, though. Though. oh my god! When I first heard that song, I I just start crying. Know, yeah. It's the first time I heard uh, "Breathe." The first time I heard uh, "When You're Home." Mm. I just, there's something that happens emotionally with me, with his music. And it, this was the same thing with Encanto. And I'm just like, man, he's just got that gift.
0: And some people yes. will write one good song. You know, he just has so many in him and it's, we're, I can't wait to see what's beyond. I know, um, I know. Well, I remember when you returned to the Richard Rogers to do Hamilton, there was this beautiful mm-hmm. video about your homecoming where you sang some, some bit of what was it called fire escape or some sort of an early yeah. song and it was sort of them welcoming you home because that was obviously where in the heights happened as well what, what yeah. was that like returning home
1: i don't know i'm frightened no it was um <laughs> but it was that experience because i'm in my same dressing room that i was in uh during in the heights oh. it's a lot nicer <laughs> um, for some reason they painted it i don't know through the years but it, it's number eight and it's all the same stagehands that I've known through the years. Jimmy, the doorman, who's also a part of Fearless. Oh. And then when I hit the stage, I didn't know how I would feel, but it really did feel, I felt safe and comfortable. And I saw um, Rizzo, he has this uh, lava lamp. Uh, he does spotlight okay. and he has a lava lamp at the top. And if you look up, you can see his lava lamp on, you know, and it was just like, man, I'm home. Mm. I really did feel like coming home. I was nervous, of course. Um, because I wanted to to do my best and like like everybody that's on Broadway, right. but I think that I just felt this um, complete love from everybody.
0: Oh, Beautiful, yeah. Uh, and I got
1: to be on the stage with Chris again, right? which was so exciting. <laughs> you know, not for very long because then he left and he started his TV show mm-hmm. and all that stuff. But it was like, oh, this is it's familiar. You know?
0: Oh my gosh. Mandy, you've done so many things. You've done Broadway, you've got an album. you've got your book, you're you're a mother, you're a wife. What if if you had to answer the question now, what is your dream? Like what would you love to also add
1: to that list? Oh gosh. Uh producer. Ooh. Yeah, producer and uh I would love to direct one day. Oh. I think that that's definitely part going to be part of my story i think continuing to tell my stories in a different way whether it's television or film um but i see that for myself
0: i see it for you as well i'm no soothsayer but you know Uh, well this is this has been so much fun and you were just so amazing. Before we go, we do like to, to touch on a little dose of drama. It's where we hear from everybody. I know you mentioned Bridgerton already, so that can definitely count. But we'd like to either promote something or rant or rave or anything. Um, Connor, do you have any dose of drama for us today? I do. Well, I mean, we're not going to talk about it for too much, but the Oscars did happen at last. And oh my, my favorite, my f- <laughs> I'm not going to talk about what you think I'm going to talk about, but my <laughs> yeah. favorite film of the last year was The Worst Person in the World. I feel like it was absolutely incredible. It was nominated for a couple different awards, you know, Best Original Screenplay, which I think it probably should have won. Mm-hmm. Um, and my dose of drama is just that mm-hmm. I wish that it, more people could see it and that it had maybe won something so that others could experience it. Because I don't know if there's a better film about kind of a young person's, like the millennial struggle. And uh, figuring out mm. what you want, who you want, the person you want to be in love, in life, in right. career, and I, I just felt like it was it was amazing. And I hope people go watch it. I don't even know if it's available to stream yet. But worst person in the so, world. I haven't seen right. it yet. <laughs> I want. Yeah, to. I haven't
1: seen it yet either. Oh, it sounds great. Yeah, I think for me, um, I'm a, I'm a big reader. Yes. And so um, it's always about what am I reading? What am I? You know. What am I reading today? But I love the fact that one of my favorite, favorite books, Pachinko, was turned into a TV series on Apple Plus, and I've been watching it, um, ever, it's only been on now for... Gosh, I think three weeks. The new episode comes out every Friday. But if anybody has not read that book or um, watched the television show, every episode, and I'm not in it, um, <laughs> but every episode is honestly um, like a movie. It's so beautifully shot and acted and um, and written.
0: What's the concept?
1: Oh, well, <laughs> it's about this girl that grows up in um, Korea and i didn't know a lot about um the stories that happen uh, that happened in korea and but it's about her journey and sur- her journey of survival throughout the war to america and um and back to japan and her family struggle but struggling and surviving to to keep your family going and what happens to that family so it's also about looking back like his her grandson it's about where he's at right now and looking back at where her life was. And, um, oh. and I love those kind of stories.
0: Mm-hmm. Sounds great. What is it? Was it allegiance that was sort of like about these generational yeah, stories allegiance that was on Broadway a few years ago with Tali Leung in it and uh, Leia Salonga, of course.
1: I love stories of survival. I also loved um, the four winds. I've heard uh, of The it. book. It's so fantastic. And I didn't know a lot about the dust I always like stories about adversity Mm -hmm. and how to overcome. And because I think sometimes that's where we are in our lives. And to see other people that have gone through so much more that we've gone through through words. It's so inspiring. And so that was definitely a book for me that I was just, I fell in love with.
0: I'm in the market for a new read. My Dose of Drama is also a book. I revisited Kristen Chenoweth's Ooh. memoir this past month and I had read it when I was in driving school. So do that yes. if anyone who knows. And it's it, it ends in like 2009 or something like that. So I'm eagerly awaiting the next portion. Yeah,
1: you know, I read um Sutton Foster's Ooh, book. Oh, I need you as well. One. I need yeah, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. <laughs> look at me. I'm such a like it's wonderful. Know, look it's at wonderful. You, you're, you're um, straw, <laughs> you know, No, and uh, you know, I love Sutton like everybody. I saw her in um Thoroughly Modern Millie for the when I oh. really saw her for the first time and I was completely blown away. And you know, we're peers and so she's stayed in my on my radar and when I saw her book I was like, huh, I'm gonna read this and and I'm so glad I did because her story is really one to be told, and um, I absolutely loved it. And it was just like yeah. it's a theater read. It's like yeah. all these little like tidbits where you're like, oh, that's what happened. I didn't know.
0: <laughs> I know that, you and know? that's what with Kristen's book, I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't know that this was happening. Or this exactly, was it's like or things, things like we can
1: relate to. Mm-hmm. We get it we are like, oh, right. Yeah.
0: Uh It's it's really special. Well, people should also check out your new book. It's called Fearless Boulevard of of Dreams. I'm sure it's at the Drama Bookshop. I'm sure it's wherever fine books are sold. Mandy, this was really, really meaningful to Connor and I that you spent this hour with us. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you
1: guys. It was wonderful to see you and I'll see you again on Broadway.
0: Yes. I (laughs) need to come see you in Hamilton.
1: Yes, I come. haven't yet.
0: I'm so embarrassed to tell you. I You're haven't seen
1: it I mean, I don't want to tell people really <laughs> that. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. I know. But I, I can't yes, believe it. Yes, please come. I need mean, to just enter the
0: lottery. Why not?
1: You know people. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Nick, Nick Walker
0: <laughs> maybe could could pull some strings now that he's back over there.
1: Oh. Or Mandy Gonzalez, like you, oh yeah, you, right. you find a way to see it. Come, please.
0: I love it. Oh my gosh. Well, Mandy, thank you. You are as genuine a person as you are a performer, and I can't thank you enough for all the work you've done, especially to provide representation in art, which is the best thing in the world, which is what we need. So thank you so thank much. You Dylan, where can, where can everyone follow Mandy if they're not already? That's right. Well, they should on Twitter, it's underscore Mandy Gonzalez with two Z's. And on Instagram, it's like Liza. That's right. Just like Liza. And um, <laughs> on Instagram, it's at Mandy Gonzalez. And while you're following her, go ahead and give us a follow. We're at the drama podcast. I'm at Dylan McDowell. Connor is at Connor McDowell. Mandy, you are a dream. And Connor, I will see you next time. Drama! Drama!